Strap in. You're listening to The Walt Blackman Show, the show that brings you hardcore conservative straight talk. Welcome to the No PC Zone. Hello, everybody. This is The Walt Blackman Show, and welcome to another No PC Zone. This is Walt Blackman, and I hope that you had a great weekend. It's Saturday. But before you know it, it'll be Tuesday and this show will be out. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different things today. And we are going to be talking about proper etiquette on Facebook. So welcome to the Walt Blackman Show and sit back and relax. Put the kids to bed and grab mama and bring her to the no PC zone. This is Walt Blackman. Hello, everybody. This is Walt Blackman, and I hope that you are having a great week, and I hope that uh, your uh, March is turning out to be a very good week or a very good March, and uh, we know that a lot of folks are still trying to get over the COVID um, situation, and we know a lot of people are still out of work. We know a lot of people that are not... um, they're not getting the kind of help that they need, and we are hoping that those folks get the the help, the help that they need. Um, the Congress and the Senate, um, they are supposed to be putting out another stimulus check. And I would, I would, I would tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, I would not get too attached to those stimulus checks because they are not going to be forever. They are going to end one of these days. And if you find yourself, uh, connected are relying on those stimulus checks too much, you may find yourself in a situation um, when they stop coming uh, in a world, a world of hurt. So we don't want that to happen to you. We want to make sure that everybody is okay. Listen, when we uh, last met, we talked about some things that were going through um, the uh, house of representatives in the Senate and the house and a lot of election bills are out there, and we we know that if we do not um, stay on top of the election process, that a lot of things will continue to happen, which are negative, um, to say the least. In our elections, we got twenty two uh, that's coming up. It's going. It's a midterm election, and uh, we're um, as Republicans, we are trying to uh, retake the House and possibly the Senate. And, uh, you know, China trying to um, maintain a balance of control uh, when we are talking about at the federal level. Now, a lot of folks um, have been watching my Facebook and watching my Twitter, and you know that I uh, am running for Congress and I'm running for the first uh, congressional district. And that first congressional district is is rather large. And I am hoping uh, that after redistricting that it it, it, uh, becomes a little bit smaller and um, it's more manageable. Uh, we know right now the uh, incumbent is a Democrat, um, and it's time it's time for him uh, to, to go. And I will tell you it's time for him to go because there are a lot of uh, issues that have not, that have gone unchecked uh, on his watch, and uh, we need to have discussions about that. And um, I uh, welcome um, uh, the incumbent uh, to, to the Walt Blackman Show, and so we can talk about some of the issues um, that surround some of the uh, policies that are coming out of D.C. and some of the very policies that he had voted for when we are talking about um, making a, uh, Arizona and the country a, a better place. 
and um, I am looking forward to healthy uh, debates um, with uh, Mr. O'Halloran uh, when they come to be. And um, and uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I am not saying anything about his service. Um, I, I believe he was a police officer, um, and and you know, I'm not saying anything about his service. But uh, it's it's time to have a, a conversation about what what's going on. And there's there's a myriad of issues. Um, in Northern Arizona or in our district that ha- that should be addressed. Well, first of all, we talk about infrastructure. We're talking about highway infrastructure. We're talking about the need for internet infrastructure. We're talking about the need for development and bringing and creating new businesses in rural Arizona, particularly in Northern Arizona. We know that we can't do that because of the internet lines that are uh, mostly uh, uh, just broken and don't really work at all um, and trying to get appropriations from DC to help uh, give us a robust, a, re- a robust, uh, did I say that right? Robust, uh, robust, robust, uh, no, gives us an internet infrastructure that is going to work. That's going to attract businesses. Also healthcare, healthcare is big on my list. Now let me tell you something about what I believe that we should be doing for healthcare. I don't believe healthcare for all free is working. It, that just does not work. We know what happened in the failed Obamacare in Arizona. The, uh, the, the, the prices skyrocketed. They tripled in some cases. So that by far is the, is the last thing we need to do when we're talking about Medicare, when we're talking about healthcare. Okay. Now, what I believe that we can do for healthcare is, first of all, we need transparency. Price, price transparency. Price transparency gives us a bird's eye view of what we are going to pay when we go into the doctor's office. Now, we know some of the upfront cost, but there's a lot of back end cost that we don't know. There are a lot of catastrophic costs based on an injury or what have you that we don't see until it's time to leave and when we get the bill and we can't afford it. So price transparency is important. Also, making sure that we have more providers in rural Arizona. The problem why we don't have enough providers in rural Arizona is because those same providers have these large student loans that they can't afford to pay because in the area that they are serving in, they are not getting paid the money that they are worth. So they're not being able to pay off their student loans. So they have to go somewhere else to get more money to pay off their student loans. So we need to make sure that we have a program that helps our real doctors. Now we have something like that in Arizona, but that only applies to new doctors. Now we have something that I am happy to have voted on. And it is a bill that applies to existing doctors and pharmacists where part of their student loan debt is uh, taken care of if they agree to stay in some of the communities that they're in. What does that do? Well, it keeps doctors stabilized. It keeps the uh, exodus, uh, it kind of slows that down of providers And those folks who have those primary care providers in smaller communities, they are able to keep their doctor. 
And then what we need to do, number three, and finally, we need to put this on an open market. And when I say an open market, we need to make it competitive. And a lot of people will say, well, we shouldn't do that. And this and this, we need to make it competitive because if we make it competitive, then we are going to see better service provided. Not that the service is bad anyway, because it is not. But in some cases, doctors or facilities don't have the resources because they are being strangled under a bureaucracy of mandates, medical mandates that they have to follow. And then we have all the high cost of insurance when we're talking about medical insurance that are, that are skyrocketing and people just can't afford it. But the answer is not free health care for everyone. That's, that's, that's like, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money that taxpayers have to pay. Let's find solutions instead of saying, let's add more taxes. Instead of adding more mandates, let's give options to folks that want to be able to pick their doctor and keep their doctor. And that means pick the best provider or healthcare center for that family or person or what have you. That is what needs to happen. When we take away choice of healthcare, we don't put it on the open market. We don't have transparency of price. Then that can cause a lot of issues. And if we think about catastrophic injuries, catastrophic injuries lead to a lot of bankruptcies for a lot of Americans. If you don't already know that. So what we need to do is develop a program where we are able to, as a state, handle the, 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 the catastrophic injuries because it's a small percent. It's a smaller percent. And uh, next week I will, I will make sure I get it on the show, but it's a smallest percent when we are talking about catastrophic injuries, which lead to a lot of bankruptcies. But when we're paying for our health care insurance, we are paying at higher rates because we're paying for catastrophic injuries. If we had the states take care of the catastrophic injuries, which in turn are lower, uh, coming at a lower percentage, then healthcare costs will go down. Premium, premiums will go down. We have a, and on an open market, guess what? Better health care for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Better health care. Those are some of the things I think we need to look at. And we need to look at our forestry. Now, in Snowflake, we have a mill that was closed many years ago because the federal government came in and, and Big Brother thought they knew what they were doing in northern Arizona and when we were talking about the forestry issues. But what, what they did not take into account when they were putting these contracts out to bed when they stopped cutting down are trimming the forest was the growth and the mismanagement of a lot of these trees in our forest, which have caused a greater risk to fires. Now this past summer, I believe we had uh, three or four fires. And a lot of that is due to mismanagement of the forest. How about we do this? How about we get out of the way of states and let states take more of a role in managing their forest? How about we open up some of the federal land that we have taken through the Federal Land Acquisition Act 
How about we take away some, we, we, we give back some of that land to the states so they can take control over parts of their force because states do it better than the federal government. Why, why must we always get the federal government involved in our daily lives or how a state runs? The federal government did not make the states. The states created the federal government. But it seems like it's, it, it's, it's the other way around now, ladies and gentlemen. It seems like a lot of people think that the federal government created the states, and that is not it at all. When the Constitution was written, or the Declaration of Independence was written, ladies and gentlemen, we had 13 original colonies, 13 separate but equal sovereign states. And guess what? Because of those sovereign rights and sovereign states, it created a document called the Declaration of Independence, which in turn, after some time, after the Revolutionary War, we came up with the Constitution. And in a lot of that in the Constitution, those amendments like the Second Amendment and so on and so forth, protected people and citizens living in these sovereign states. States created the federal government, not the federal government creating states. We need to get the federal government out of the way of states. And we need to get the federal government out of the way of business. Federal government has no business in business. Because the federal government comes and screws it up. They come and put all these huge regulations and taxes and bureaucracy and these career people, they put them in these positions and they all they do is hurt business. They hurt capitalism. They hurt free markets. And when we, and when we have a system that continuously puts a stranglehold on our economy, in business, in entrepreneurship, it's, it's insane to believe that there's prosperity in that, particularly in these days of COVID. And as I said before, let's not get too used of the COVID or of the money, the stimulus checks that are coming out of COVID, because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to end one day. We cannot continue to spend as a country and not face what's happening or coming down the road. And that is we are going to have a larger debt. Now, there's something else that the federal government is, has done, and that's called the Equality Act. What is the Equality Act? The Equality Act. Well, first of all, I guess you're saying that there's not equality in our country. I will dare I will I will tell you as a black man living in this country who was born in the mid 60s and has had a successful pro, uh, profession and have gone I've gone on to another successful profession. There is equality in the United States. The problem is, is that we have people that are making sure that they remind 
certain groups of people that they are victims. And we are not victims, ladies and gentlemen. We are the masters of our own destiny based on decisions that we make. Because every decision has a consequence to it, a good or a bad consequence. And not everybody is going to have the same type of luck as someone else. It doesn't mean that that person has a leg up on you. That means that person has a different set of skill sets to do that job. So, for example, during the Obama administration, Obama actively was seeking to put more blacks as air traffic controllers. He said there wasn't enough people of color as air traffic controllers. That is, That was the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life because guess what? I don't care if that person in that traffic control seat wears a tutu to work. As long as they can do the job and safely navigate that aircraft from A to B, Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what color they are. I want to make sure that we have the best qualified air traffic controller. And that was something that former President Barack Obama was trying to do. He wasn't, it wasn't the Equality Act, but it was opening the door to something like that we see right now. A person should not be employed based on their color. We should not give a job to someone simply because of their gender or their ethnic background. That is not what should be happening, ladies and gentlemen. A person should get a job based on the amount of skill they bring to that job. And can they accomplish that job? Now, a lot of uh, now uh, we know uh, a few years ago, the military allowed females to go into combat into combat roles. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, females have been in combat roles. They've been in combat roles. And I will tell you, they've been in combat roles because a lot of them been on the front lines already. Let's talk about MPs, military police. Before women were allowed to be officially or, or take official combat roles, and in being combat, MPs a lot of times were making sure that they were protecting the rear echelons and sometimes protecting or, or, or gathering up, collecting prisoners of war. And oftentimes they were up at the front. When I was in uh, Iraq, I saw a many of females on the front lines. So this, this, this thing that females could, you know, can't, shouldn't have been in combat roles, and this is a new thing. Females have been doing it, and they've been kicking butt for years, for centuries in the front lines. Now what they have done, they have let females into infantry units, not as just mechanics, but as infantry soldiers. They've let females into armor units to be on tanks. I was on an M1A2 uh, Abrams. I was a tank commander. I was a platoon sergeant. Now they are letting females, instead of them being mechanics, they are actually doing part of the fighting as being a part of a crew. And there's nothing wrong with that because it, it, I didn't care if the person had three eyes and one of them was at the top of the head as long as they could shoot straight. That's all I, that's all I cared about. 
And this is how this should be. But when we put this Equality Act into play, what we do or what we see is a new spinning up of victimhood. You are a victim. You've been a victim. The country has led you astray, run you amok, and you are a victim and you need this Equality Act to pull yourself up. I don't think we should be doing that. I think what we should be doing is instead of continuing to divide our country, how about we bring our country together? How about we stop putting labels on people to say that they are victims? Now, we know that, and it is obvious, that this country was once a country that had slaves, Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? The United States is not the only country that had slaves. United States was one of many countries that had slaves in it. Is slavery wrong or was it wrong? You're absolutely right. It was wrong. But it does not mean today that I deserve a refund because my ancestors were slaves. Because that continues to divide. That continues to, to divide the, the, the races from each other. And there's no reason we need to be doing this. And I forget the word for it. There's a word for it. It starts with an R. And I'll remember when I'm off the, uh, off the air. But we, uh, we shouldn't be doing that. And they are actively looking at doing that in D.C. And then when I remember the word, it's, it's something. Uh, uh, it starts with an R. It's something. It's giving, it's giving money back to the, to the, um, the uh, if, if you are a, a black person in the United States um, and uh, you um, uh, had ancestors that were slaves, then you, the, the federal government is going to give you something. I don't know. But, you know, if they want to do that, that, that's what they do. But, you know, I want to have a choice to say, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't want that because I was never a slave. And the people I work with were never slave owners. For Christ's sake, I've never even been on a plantation. And there are museums today. So what on earth would I, why on earth would I need money because my ancestors were slaves? Does that change anything in my life right now? Would, would, would that change? Because, you know, uh, uh, whatever money they give you, it's not going to be a lot. I would probably, I would dare to say it probably like $2,000. I don't know. Is that money going to change your life? If you are live, if your life sucks now, is $2,000 going to change your life in the future? It's going to, you're going to have a temporary comfort span there, but you will not. If your life sucks and you are making poor decisions and you find yourself in situations to where you could have prevented $2,000 is not going to change anything. Reparations. That's what it is. Reparations. They are wanting to give reparations to black Americans. 
Now, again, if a person wants to take those reparations, I think they should have a choice. If they do, and then they put into the law. But I, for one, don't want it because guess what? I don't need the federal government giving me dollars because all that does is send a message that we are still victims. We are still wearing the change in the bond and being bond bondage and bondage from slavery. And I don't think we need to do that. We need to look forward, not just black Americans, but all Americans. When we do things like reparations, we continue to divide our country. We divide Americans. We put this uh, ethnic background against this ethnic background. And all we are doing is creating more problems when we are talking about equality. If you want to talk about equality, then let's have a discussion about the amount of black babies that are being aborted. But let's not talk about the white folks that are pushing Planned Parenthood. Let's talk about the black folks that support Planned Parenthood. So if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about that, then guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we need to have a conversation about that. And I dare say it won't be a a good conversation for some. Hey, everybody, I am about to get out of here again. I hope that you enjoyed the Walt Blackman show, the no PC zone, and we will be back next week. We're going to do some calls out to people and we are going to be talking more about what's going on in the state, in the country in the national level. And I'll be talking a little bit more about what's going on in my campaign for Congress. Everybody, if you want to donate, if you want to pitch in, go to www.waltblackman.gop and click on the volunteer. Or if you want to donate, donate what you would like to get involved. This is Walt Blackman on the Walt Blackman Show, the No PC Zone. And guess what, everybody? Let's take care of each other. Strap in. You're listening to The Walt Blackman Show, the show that brings you hardcore conservative straight talk. Welcome to the No PC Zone.